0: You're listening to the Inner Process Podcast with your hosts, Mike Vaughn and Jason Van Ruhler. We're seasoned counselors and friends, and each episode, we discuss topics that help us live all around healthier lives. Listen in as we share personal stories, research, and our experiences as therapists. Thank you for joining us. Today on this episode, he and I talk about how to choose a therapist. So as you guys who have listened to this show for a while know, both Jason and I Our therapists, we've been doing that for a long time, and we thought it might be really helpful to just give some of our ideas about how to go about selecting someone. Many times there are many options as far as therapists are concerned, that's great. At the same time, too many choices can make things difficult, and so we give some of the criteria that we think about in terms of choosing a therapist, how we've gone about that for ourselves and what we think about for our clients. And so if you've wondered about that, or you think that might be helpful, we would encourage you to give a listen to this episode. If you are being helped by what you're hearing, we would ask you to tell a friend or go and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, and we would very much appreciate it. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Inner Process Podcast. We are glad to be back. We took a little hiatus there we did not intend to do that but let's go ahead and just say that that happened yeah there's a little hiatus but we're back yeah what do you attribute it to how would we explain it i think we had a busy may leading into a busy first part of june that was a little bit unexpected and then some travel started for both of us and probably if we're honest we just maybe didn't plan that out very well and didn't see that coming and we just got off track so
1: i planned it perfectly I planned it perfectly, Mike.
0: This podcast is a good example of you can get off track, but you get back on track. That's what this podcast is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You just show up again. Yeah. You just show up again and go, okay. Yeah. But we do very much, and not joking here, appreciate you guys continuing to download and listen to this on the little break. And our intention is to full force this thing, get back on track and keep going. We really enjoy doing it. So today we are talking about something that's, I guess, near and dear to our hearts, right? Or I hope it is, I guess, and that is how to choose a therapist. So as anyone listens to this, they would know that we are therapists, what we do, part of what we do. And not only that, but I think it's worth pointing out, not only do we do the counseling part, but we have both at different seasons done counseling ourselves. We think that's really important. So we've not only been on one side of Helping clients choose the right person to see, but also us ourselves choosing the right people to see. And that's really important. And it's a process, right? And I think it's a process that looks different across different seasons and stages. And there's different things going into that. And we're going to talk about that. You know, in thinking about this, I did a little research in the area that I'm in and found that there are roughly about 1500 therapists of different kinds where we're at. That's a lot. I'm in a metropolitan area. In some cases, what's difficult is actually not too many choices, but not enough choices, right? So we can talk about that as well. But that just is to say, I think it underscores the fact that a lot of times we do have choices. And so how do we go about making a wise choice when it comes to doing therapy? And how do we even know when to do therapy? Actually, I get that question from friends often, like, hey, this is a scenario. Do you think I should go and see a counselor for this? Or do you think my child should? And I give them feedback around that. So I think it's a common question to have. And even I've had that question for myself. Absolutely. Should I go and talk to someone about this or go a different way, right? Yep. And it kind of
1: depends on your personality because I think some people are people who view therapy as helpful and they would go always and forever. Even if there's no pressing issue, they're like, yeah, I'll just go talk to somebody about that. There's other people who are a little more problem focused and it's like, yep, I'm struggling with this. I want help. And then I'm done. Yeah. And then there's the people who it's a really big step because maybe going to therapy is stepping outside of some family rules about that or even religious rules about if they should go to therapy. And so it's not just a little decision for them. It's a really big decision. And what it means to go to therapy means something, too. And so they have all of that to consider.
0: Actually, those are really, really good points, particularly the last one in those initial rules. I think we've seen a shift in the field a little bit around that, like it's a a bit more, I think normal, maybe, or normalized to go to therapy. But there's still all kinds of rules associated with this sometimes, I think. Right. Often people will say to me in some form is, I just didn't know if what I was struggling with was important enough. Like, is this something I really need to do therapy for? Or could I just either figure it out in some other way or figure it out on my own or whatever the case? So knowing where that line is, I think, is sometimes difficult.
1: Yeah. What do you tell people? So when they
0: ask that, what do you typically instruct them to do? Well, I'm a fan of therapy, as it turns out. You're a little biased. Yeah. Usually I tell them, what can it hurt? Yeah. Right. So it is a time investment and it's a monetary investment, but you could go for a bit and see if you find it helpful. And if you didn't, or it wasn't the right experience for you, you could always stop it. Yeah. So I normally will say to people, if you're asking that question, Whatever the thing is, is probably enough to at least talk to someone a little bit and just see if that's the right place for you to be. I, I think God confirms steps if we're willing to take steps, right? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of approach it more from the experiential piece. Like, well, why don't you try the experience and see? And if it's not, then there should be a different open door for you. Yeah. Is what I say. I don't know about you. Same. Sometimes people aren't used to
1: asking for what they need or having a voice. Yeah. And so even if this is actually not what they need, it's good practice. Right. And so if you think you might, give it a shot. And then if you don't like it, quit. Or if it doesn't work, stop. Just if you're taking the time to ask the question, like, indulge yourself. Go. See what it's all about.
0: Yeah, I think that that's true. Oftentimes, maybe this will help as people are listening to this, oftentimes the feedback I get is what finally maybe clicked for me in terms of talking to someone outside my normal sphere of people is I just needed a little bit of a safer place, just a more objective place, a place where there weren't quite the connections, as important as community is, and we subscribe to that wholeheartedly. But sometimes having a part of the community not being connected to the other parts of the community can be an important, really important concept.
1: Yep, absolutely. And and a place where they can try stuff on and leave it and not have to yeah. be accountable for that later. I think that's yeah. really important. Cause with friends, I mean, if you say it, they remember it. Now, maybe a good yes. friend's gonna drop it, but you risk somebody saying, like, hey, how's that rash that you told me about two weeks ago? And you're just like, Oh <laughs> man, I wish I
0: hadn't told you about that, right? That's why you were saying that the other day. Now that makes more sense. That's why you gave me the ointment. You I, I didn't put that together, but okay. <laughs> I got it now.
1: Yeah. So sometimes it's nice to say like, I don't know. I talked to somebody about something and I'm never going to talk to them about it again, or I might, or they'll never bring it up. And so there's safety in that. And sometimes people just need confirmation. You know, sometimes yeah. people come to me and they sit down and they talk about this issue and they say, so this is kind of where I'm at. I'm like, Okay. And actually the most healing part for them is just to hear someone say like, yeah, you might be on the right track. That's great.
0: Yes. Just the confirmation and the affirmation yeah. yep. from someone not already that's heard the story and connected to it in some other ways. I really like what you're talking about in terms of being able to, in some ways, bring it and leave it if need be and not have it follow you because very naturally, as you tell friends and family members, of course, it's, it's going to be there in some form. Yep. And that's okay. I mean, I think that's intimacy and we should be doing that too. But sometimes I think there is space to be able to leave things or try things on that we do want to leave because it didn't work. I think that's a really a point.
1: Yeah. And it's the classic, you know, I'm going to break up with somebody and I tell all my friends a hundred times, but then I don't. And now they hate the person I'm with because they know I want to break up with them, but I haven't yet. And they're just doing that because they're your friends. Right. But it's right. actually no longer helpful. At some point right. you go, oh man, I just really need to vent. And I actually wasn't looking for them to hold me accountable to this. I just needed them to listen, and now yes. there's these consequences as a result. And so what's cool about therapy is, I mean, it' probably get boring after a while, but you can come tell me 500 times you're going to do something and never do it if that's your process to get there, yeah. And I'm not going to say, "You know, this is like time 498, you told me I wish you'd stop talking about it. Yeah, you know, that's never
0: going to happen. That makes me think of a quick story I'll tell.: Yeah, so when I was. In graduate school, just learning how to do this, a person came and they told me the equivalent of that, like, you know, this thing, this thing, this thing. And finally, I said, listen, you're either going to do this thing or you're not going to do this thing, right? So this is like the 20-something Mike, (laughs) And uh, my supervisor was listening to this and he's like, Mike, do not know anything about the world. And you're like, I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it. It's like, no, this is part of the change process. We have to go over these things and talk about them. So it was a good lesson. There is a process to the change process. And to have that safe space to be able to go over things when maybe you don't have it other places, I think is really important. It helps immensely sometimes with the change process.
1: Yeah. I would say one more thing. Yeah. Also, I think it can help you level up. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but sometimes people come from a background where some of the problems that they have are problems where the decision they make about that problem and its solution can either keep them in the life they're in or take them to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so asking people who are in it, they might mean well and want to help you, but if they haven't themselves made that decision or that journey, Mm -hmm. they don't know how to advise you any differently. And so sometimes the beauty of therapy is like, Getting someone who maybe can think of that thing that is outside of your experience or your family experience Mm -hmm. and say, like, yeah, I think you actually could do that. Because sometimes all we really need to know is, like, it's okay to do something different. And we just probably won't get that from people around us because as much as they love us, they usually more stay the same than change.
0: Yeah, and I think it's perspective. I mean, we have the added benefit. It's it's really quite an amazing thing to be a therapist because we had the benefit of having heard so many stories and like different places that people are through the years. And so with that, there's no way, I think, not to have just some perspective as you listen to people and get to know them. And so I think sometimes having the perspective, the shared perspective of talking to someone that also has talked to many others can be a real benefit in the process. So with that then i think a lot of times what's next is so we start with should i go but yep then you already alluded to this well what do i want from it so if i go what am i going to talk about or what's the issue i really want to address or how's it going to go and so i think it's probably important to talk about that you said this i think you said it really well i'll underscore it. people come to counseling in all different places some come Mm. in with a notepad in a list of things that they're going to accomplish. I
1: like those people. Those are good because it always puts me on the spot. I'm like, I better say
0: something worthy of being written down. Let's see if you're going to make a note of this. <laughs> oh, man, you went the whole session. No notes. Well,
1: Dang it, I'm
0: fired. So there's some of that. Some people come in and they literally they will say to me, I don't know exactly what I want to work on. I just feel like I probably need to talk to someone. Right. So it's a little bit more nebulous for them, in a sense, at least to start with. And then some, like you said, I think absolutely they do come They say, I don't have a long list of things. It's this one thing, and I don't know what that's going to take, but this is where I really want to focus and everything in between all of those. And what I would say, we'll see what you say about this, is it's fine, right? Yeah. If you're feeling the pull to go and talk to someone, don't worry about whether you have it all figured out or your list is really clear or you don't. Because in so many ways, that's part of our job, I think, is to help with that process.
1: Well, and you probably don't know anyway. And I'm sure you could say this too. How many times have I seen clients or even myself pursue therapy and said, well, this is actually what I really need to work on. And then come to find that that's really just kind of a symptom of a problem. But I didn't know that until I worked through it. So I think, do you have to have it all figured out as to what you need to talk about, how to do it? And even we'll get into this, but some people will say like, I need to talk about anxiety, only with CBT. No, I don't think you need to have that. Do you need to have at least some idea of why you're there? Probably. Yeah. Right? So I think if you show up and and I say, hey, what brings you here? And you're like, I don't know, you seem like you have a nice office. <laughs> That's probably not going to get you a lot of mileage. So you got to have like some inclination of what you're doing. But to your point, that can be
0: pretty loose. I think it can be loose and I think it absolutely can be developed. So if mm-hmm. it's pretty loose... I would say to people don't have a lot of concern over that, because of course, as you talk to someone, sometimes in that first session, just saying some things out loud brings great clarity to it, let alone any subsequent conversations. The only thing I'd add to that is sometimes, particularly with couples' work, I think one or the other might be coming because the other one wants them to, and you know, they're feeling ambivalent about them. Maybe they're not. Maybe they just really don't want to be there, but they're trying to impact the relationship or keep their spouse happy or something like that. So that's another thing to consider is like, where are you as you enter the process? It's maybe not your original idea. Or do you have things that you can lock into by way of a goal or something that might motivate you, something you might be inclined towards that you think would be helpful? So I'd add
1: that. Right. Or even just be honest. For me, that's a big thing because I, I understand that some people kind of come unwillingly, right? And yeah. you've done some work. I've done some work with people who literally are there unwillingly. And so if that's the case, I think just be honest and open and say like, Hey, it's not my deal. Don't want to be here. Not super interested, Yeah. but I'm going to do my best to kind of hang out and be part of the process because I care about my relationship. Okay. Fair enough. Right. I mean, I actually
0: respect that a lot when people do that. Absolutely. I'm 100% with you. I think that that would be one of the main things I would want people to take away from this is, listen, you can bring whatever into the counseling room. Just where you are is fine. Yeah. Because as therapists, if we can't deal with that or do that, we shouldn't be doing this, right? I think we want to know those things because it helps a lot to be able to plan how to go forward and just to know where people are. So I would encourage that.
1: Yeah. So I think you come in. You try to ask for what you need. If you don't know what you need, maybe that's why you're there, right? So maybe why you're there in the first place is to better identify how to know what you need and ask for it. And so then what? What do we do next?
0: Yeah. So this, I think, takes us to a lot of times the next question for people is, okay, I know I need to go or want to go. And I have an idea what I might want to get from it. So then how do I actually translate all that into who to pick? Who do I go and see? what factors are important in that process for me. What we've done is come up with some of the most common ones, which I hope will help people as they're going through this process. The first one that often jumps to mind is credentials, right? So if I know some things that I do want to talk about, has this person had training in this particular thing? Have they not? Is that important to me? Sometimes the credential piece isn't really important to people, right? And so that's usually the first one, I think, that jumps out. The field itself, I think, has become more and more specialized, at least in the time Mm -hmm. that I've been practicing, it seems to have been. And so oftentimes these days you will find more certifications and things of that nature around whatever might be what you think to be your main presenting issue, right? So that's one thing that I think people often look for. We learned this in grad school. It's been proven over and over and over again. And I think it's very important to say here. And that is like studies show clearly that the most important thing in the counseling process is what we call the therapeutic alliance or just the relationship, right? It's you sit down and you're talking to this person. It's your experience of them. Like, do you feel they are open kind of things that we're talking about earlier? Do you feel like they're caring? Do they seem genuine? Do they have some things to say and add like that back and forth? Because it is a relationship. Absolutely. It's a different kind of relationship, but it still is. And you have to have that quote unquote click. And in some way they're going to rub off on you.
1: Would I want to be like this person? Like, do they model for me something that I would actually like for myself? Hmm. If they don't. Probably not going to help you a whole lot, right? If you go like, "Wow, well, they're really insightful, but like they're super boring," or "I can't relate," or I always tell clients, "Well, if you think my jokes aren't funny and you you think I don't have any clue what I'm doing, we're probably not going to get much done." Yeah. Even if I am hilarious, obviously, and I have the credentials, doesn't matter, right? This goes back to like Scott Miller talks about some research about why would people rather go see a psychic than a psychotherapist because the relationships more positive and promising, hmm. right? And so this relationship component is really paramount. And so when you're looking for this, credentials are important, but really, do I like this person? Like, do I talk to them and experience them as hopeful and helpful or do
0: I leave feeling worse? And really, in essence, what we're talking about is trust, right? The the nature of this, as with all of our relationships, no matter what they are, at the end of the day, it's about trust. Can I trust what, not only they're telling me might be well-informed, but can I trust that, they're in this with me and whatever level that looks like in a professional kind of relationship. And I, and I think if you're not sure if you've given it a good try and that trust isn't there for whatever reason, that it's probably not a good fit. And that would be, it'd be important because as you're saying, and just in a different way, now you're start talking about the process being impeded and I'm not going to get as much from that if I can't just really let my guard down and just go with things. And that's where I think trust is such the critical piece and all of that. And so that relationship component is huge. Go figure I mean relationship is part of everything, and so that maybe takes us to a practical piece though, which is sometimes clients will call and want to talk before they schedule something just to see if it's a good fit or ask a few questions about training and things of that nature and or I often will tell my clients it's just the way I practice if I can do a brief conversation before we can do that, but most of the time that first session is our opportunity to get to know one another well and decide like there's no commitments after that. It may, it may not yep. work really well, in which case let me give you a referral for someone I think you might be better looking for Or it works great and let's keep going, but it's, it's really okay to do that. You don't have to make any long-term commitments. We really are, as you say, we're just trying this out a little bit. Is this going to be a good fit.
1: Yeah. And I think you can tell the person. So, I've done some of those calls where people call in and they're like, Hey, you've got these questions. So I wouldn't discourage people from doing that, but I would say it is a little limiting in the sense that uh, if people call and they ask me a lot of general questions, I'm actually not helping them at all. And if it starts to kind of veer into the lane of counseling, then I'm like, well, I think you just need to come in. And so I think you could ask maybe some good practical questions or get a sense of who the person is. Yeah. But usually it's that intake session and I'll flat out tell my clients, this this is a weird interview process where at the end, we'll decide if we want to work together yeah. or not. I'll tell you if I can help you. You'll tell me if you want the help. Yes, And be honest. And, and so that's the part that I would tell people is like, if you're not feeling it, like say it, you don't have to be rude, you know, but you can just say like, you know what? I don't know if it's a great fit. Yeah. And I think most therapists or counselors who've done this job for a while would probably actually appreciate that if you said
0: it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because. Most, but I'll speak for us. Like, we want that. We know that kind of fit alliance component is so, so important that 100% we want that. So if there's any part that's not working, it's fine. That's the thing. For a lot of people, there are probably going to be other options. And to think of this theologically, it just simply means that God has a different place for you. And it's really okay. So I love what you're saying there because I think it is important if a person is feeling that way to voice that. Yep. Sometimes I think there are ways that you could work with that where it actually does turn into a good fit, right? It can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They can air some concerns and you can overcome them or say like, yep, what about this? But I think you have to say it. And I think also the thing to consider is one Sherpa doesn't lead you up every mountain, right? So like if you're a Himalayas or other mountains, I think it's like, Different mountains require different people. And so maybe what you learn is like, this person is great, but the wrong person for this mountain. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, so like you can just say like, hey, great person, wrong mountain. Yeah, And you can go somewhere. And I've actually had clients come in and say, you know, I met with you. You were, because I'm pretty direct. They're like, you were pretty direct and kind of a hundred miles an hour. And what I needed first was this other person. And now I'm here and I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Well, that's cool. I'm totally game. That's fine. And actually, it's a pretty wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that as you said it. Sometimes it's the wrong mountain. Sometimes it's just a season, right? We work with a person, and it is a good fit, and there's a seasonal component to it, and then we move on. And then the next person maybe that we talk to is someone different because it's a different season, and what we need is different. And I think there's great value in that. I know that I've done that personally for me in counseling. I have not actually circle back to the same person once that season has ended. That's me. People can totally do that. I think just fine, but I haven't. And so I think it's okay if that's the case. Um, and it's also okay yep. to circle back too, if that person is really helpful. So both are fine. One thing I'll say too, in addition to all of this, in terms of helping to choose the right person, oftentimes people will think through a rubric of things like gender and maybe mm-hmm. age or season of life or things like that, too. So we had credentials at the beginning, but there are other factors that go into, I think, choosing. And those things also, I, I think, often go into that whole idea of fit, right? And connection and stuff. So,
1: as they should. And, you know, what I learned early on is I think we all have a sphere of people we can work with. And some of us have huge spheres, right? We could work with literally about anybody anytime. And others of us have really, really small ones. And so it's just kind of going out and finding like, what, what is this sort of pool of people that they work with? Is that a really wide pool? Is it a small one? Where do I fit in this and why? Yeah. And if you don't fit in the small pool and the bigger one, that's okay. But like, I think each therapist brings something to yeah. the table, but it takes the right client for that to really work. I agree. I think I might be the small
0: sphere guy, Mike. Am I the, <laughs> dang it. I was thinking it, but I didn't want to say it. I think yeah. the listeners by now sure. already know that anyway. So it's some they know I'm some well. things don't have to be. That's totally okay. That's uh, but yeah, meet them where they're at, right? So yeah. I, I think if you're
1: listening to this and you're looking for permission to take that next step, I think we can give them permission. Let's do it. Yeah, permission. Do it. If you're looking for permission to switch out and find somebody different, yeah, permission. If you're looking for permission just to say like, yeah, I think I got what I needed and I'm done, which is not something we touch on a lot, but something I would just still encourage you to is like, this is your process. Mm-hmm. So at some point you will say, well, I don't know, do I need to go this week? Yeah. And when you say that, talk to your therapist about it, but don't feel like you have to keep going. Right. You know, we need to pay our mortgage and stuff, but like, that's not dependent on you attending therapy when you don't want to. Right.
0: We actually don't want that.
1: No, it's actually not good for anybody. So I think we give you permission across the board for that stuff. If you have questions that we didn't tag today or take time to talk about, I would love for you to send them to us because this is something, obviously, Mike and I care a lot about. And our goal really, at the end of the day, is to help people. And so if we can do that and you're like, oh, man, but what I really wondered is this, please send that to us. We'll address that. So other things... We're going to be posting more stuff. If you have topic ideas you want to hear more about, let us know. Again, we're so thankful for all of you. Have a great week. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. Mike and I would also like to ask that if you've been enjoying the podcast, could you share it with a friend? We've loved getting all the feedback and comments thus far. Thanks.